Hello, hello, all my beautiful people. Welcome to the Change With Him Real, Raw, and Redeemed podcast. This is Sarah Pacaro, your host. I'm so excited to be here. Today, we're going to be talking about Fueled by Desire. Ah, I love it. I love it. I love it. Okay, Fueled by Desire. We've all got desires. We're humans. We have needs. Girls got needs. Boys got needs. <laughs> We've got desires. We have needs. And if you've been on this journey with me since the beginning, we talk about change by him. Change by him is I was changed. Whew, was I changed? I was changed by the narcissist, but not in the way that I have been changed by him, by God, by Jesus Christ, by my Lord, by my Savior. And this podcast, Changed by Changed with Him, is a, a relationship of a co-creation. Uh, I, I was, I'm was i never alone, never happened. Oh, fuck, have I felt alone? Have I felt lonely? Have I seen my darkest days? Yes. And if you're here, I imagine that you have too, and you're probably thinking, yeah. Like right now, you're thinking about those darkest days. And I want you to think about your lightest days, your brightest days, your best days, because those are what are ahead. Those are the days that lie ahead. Those are the days where you can just imagine all the things that you desire. Your manifestations, your wish list. If God were a genie in a bottle and you could have like your first wish was to wish for endless wishes, <laughs> you're like, I'm not stupid. I know how to play this game. My first wish is I'm going to wish for endless wishes. Uh, you are you're with me. Sorry. I had to move something really quick. And you, you're filled by desire. You're like, I desire this. I desire that. I desire to feel this. That's the key. That's the thing. We, we don't really desire things because things come and things go. What we desire is to experience feelings. And we're fueled by those feelings that we desire. We desire to experience feeling loved unconditionally it's funny because i grew up with a dog had lots of dogs there's some i like oof, there was one my soul dog and now we've got this dog he's pretty cool but there there are people that are like dogs are the only ones that love you unconditionally um i'm sorry <laughs> Who do you think created the dog? Who is the creator of the dog? And I'm not talking in these like two or three D terms, logically, literally. Who was the creator? The creator of all, the creator of me, the creator of you, the creator of the dog, the creator of unconditional love. That's what I'm talking about. That's what this change with him podcast is all about. So when we're fueled by desire, that's by creation. And I used to feel so fucking guilty for desiring. I used to feel so bad when I desired better, when I desired more, when I desired uh, like a life that I didn't yet have. I, uh, I desired to get out of the fucking hell that my life was when I was with a narcissist. And I felt bad for that because they benefited from me feeling bad. They, there was more than one, but they both did the same thing. I should have been so grateful for the life that they provided me. I should have been giving them praise and gratitude and thanksgiving for the things that they did for me. And I I was felt felt shameful for desiring more, for desiring a, a deeper connection. And I really said I wanted more and I wanted a deeper connection with them. But the funny thing is I wanted more of him. I wanted more of God. I wanted a 
deeper connection and a more beautiful relationship with him. And he was like, I'm here, girl. Like, I've never gone anywhere. I'm not the one that left you, sweetheart. You're the one that left me. And that was like an oh fuck moment. You're right. And I remember vividly, I always will, the ending of the second relationship or the relationship with the second narcissist. I was married to one for 10 years covert and then got into a relationship with another one three weeks later. Yeah. Weeks, not months with a malignant. And that, that one was ending well temporarily, right? Like when you have a child with someone, it only ends in a certain way, but in a very necessary way. And I remember the ending, one of our final fights, he looked at me like with with 100% truth in his eyes, which it was very rare to see that, and said to me the same phrase and the same line and the same words that the first narcissist said to me when our relationship was ending. And I, and I understood that this was a part of my deep soul's desire to be the things that they were saying that I was not. And that phrase was, you're never happy. It's never enough for you. And those words stopped me in my tracks because they were the truth. It's not often you hear a narcissist speak the truth, but those words were the truth. You're never happy. It's never enough for you. And they were right. I never was and it never was. I didn't have Jesus in my life at that time. But I was the one that left him. I was the one that stopped having a relationship with him. I was the one that ended the relationship the same way I've had relationships end with me and the same way that I've ended relationships with others. I cut them off. I was done. I moved on. Whoa, that's pretty fucking harsh. But the beauty of God is even though you stop pursuing him, he never stops pursuing you. He never leaves you the way that you leave him. And that's a part of this beauty of life is the beauty of choice. It's a part of the beauty of freedoms. We have the freedom to choose. We're always one decision, one choice away from a completely different life. And I can say that because I've been baptized. I've been born again. It's weird. Like, my daughter tries to recreate and reenact her birth again. I'm like, girl, you cannot come out of my vagina again. That's not happening. She's like, I want to be born again, mom. Reborn me. And it's so funny because we think about things literally and we think about things logically. This is not a literal, logical conversation or concept to be born again. But the thing is, we're fueled. We're fueled by desire. You can only eat for so long. The Bible talks about fasting. I did my first 21-day fast this year, and I didn't do it perfectly. It was fucking hard. And it broke me down. It broke down spiritual walls that I, I knew I had built up. But it broke them down. I don't think they're broken down all the way because I did cheat on the fast. It was no alcohol, no coffee, and then to restrain from eating uh, until a certain time. The first week, because it was 21 days, it was three weeks. The first week was until noon. The second week was until one. No, I think I went until 1 p.m. Oh, first week. Yeah, that's what it was. The first week was 1 p.m. I didn't eat anything until 1 p.m. in the afternoon. Second week, because I'm like, oh, I'm clever, uh, was to restrain from eating until 2 p.m. And then the third week, guess what? Till 3 p.m. So I added on an hour each week. I did cheat. 
I did have a glass of wine twice on two different occasions. But what I realized is that I, I'm the one. And so much of manifestations, affirmations, mantras, like manifest your beautiful dream life is like I am the creator. But we're not. We're not. Mm -mm. Our parents didn't create us. We came through them, not from them. But oftentimes we tell ourselves, and my God, you know how many lives we live in? Lies, L-I-E-S. We live with so many lies. We tell ourselves that we are the creator of our life, that it is up to us, that it is like it, it in a certain way, a roundabout way, part of it is, but not all of it is. And the best parts of it are not. And oftentimes we get so pissed at God. And we're like, why would you do this to me? And he's not doing anything to us. He's there with us. And he's allowing us to have desires and to, to feel good having desires. And when the narcissist said to me, you're never happy, it's never enough, that revealed my desires. I desired to be happy. I desired to feel contentment, ease, that it was enough. I desired to experience a feeling of satisfaction and gratification and joy and contentment, happiness in my life, abundance, peace, emotional freedom. That was my desire. I was like, can I get a hallelujah? We're all fueled by desire. And we have desires to fit in, desires to belong, desires to feel like we're loved, desires to connect, desires to believe that we matter to to ourselves, to God, to other people, desires to be seen instead of be in a room and feel like we're invisible, desires to fit in and not feel like an outcast when we're in a room, a crowded, crowded room full of people, and we feel like no one sees us, no one cares about us, that we're a wallflower, we could just blend in and no one would even notice, it wouldn't make a difference if we were there or not, and then we feel like we want to go home, and so mentally we're not there, but then physically we're there, and then we're telling ourselves the stories on our head that are just wild and ludicrous and full of lies and we're like hold the door that is not what god says about us god says that he created us and that that we do matter and then and he says whom i created for my glory this is in isaiah isaiah 43 whom i created for my glory god's people become living proof of his glory which is the ultimate goal in salvation he did not create us to suffer. He did not create us to feel guilty for having desires. We're human beings. We're constantly being with our desires and we're fueled by them. And I used to, I used to experience all these things. I used to feel like I didn't fit in. Like wherever I went, I don't fit in. Like I'm not good enough. I would look at whoever else was there and I would pick out what was better about them and, and how it wasn't whatever the difference was within me, whether it was my appearance or my weight, my shape, my size, my status, whatever it was. Like I, I found all the reasons why I didn't be belong. I didn't fit in. I didn't matter. I didn't deserve to be there because everyone else was better than me and they deserved to be there. And I didn't. So I felt like a fraud and I felt like, ugh, who are you? You're the imposter in the room. But I desired to experience that. And I desired to be loved. I desired to be loved by the ex-narcissist. That doesn't happen because it's not true love. It's just a sense of ownership. And that's the thing. I got mad at God with all that. I was like, this is your fault. You're an asshole. Why would you do this to me? Like you're the reason why I'm struggling and suffering. And he, there you are like up on your golden throne and you're laughing at me and you're not doing anything about it. If you're really that awesome and amazing, come down and change this now. Like I expected him to like zap some lightning and like botch the narcissist. You know what I mean? And that never happened. But I realized he he loves me. 
and he promises to pour his life-giving spirit upon his weary people. And for a long time, I was opposed to reading the Bible because I was like, no, that's a crazy ancient old book. I'm not reading it. And then I challenged myself last year to read the Bible in 52 weeks. That did not happen, but I did read it in 13, 14, 15 months. I read it in 15 months and it changed my life. <sighs> and it's beautiful. It is absolutely amazing because you learn about the desires that God has for us and the desires that people have. And you learn how sometimes those work together and sometimes they work against each other. And you learn what happens in the way that they they happen. And you learn that God loves fucked up people. God loves broken people. Even the people who were his greatest, greatest prophets, people, persons, King David, Father Abraham, like there were people in the Bible and they did God who he gave them their heart's desires. And there were some times where they just went after it and took it themselves because they wanted it. They were fueled by desire. There was a man in the Bible who desired a woman. Guess what he did? <laughs> he went and got her and he got her knocked up. Like he knocked this woman up. And then he went and murdered her husband. And one of the commandments is thou shalt not murder. He murdered her husband to try and cover up his lie. Because he was fueled by desire. Desire to not be caught in the lie. And he just wanted to connect with her. And he did. And he had a baby. And then he was like fueled by this desire to not be caught. Well, um... What comes around goes around, right? People use the word karma. You can use whatever you want, but we're all fueled by desire. And even though he did all that, God still loved him and used him for good. And he turns everything around for good. And I often used to think that it's bad to have desires. It's bad to be fueled by desires. And here's the thing. God has a plan. God has desires. God has a will for your life. You have a plan. You have desires. You have a will for your life. Oftentimes when I pray now, I say, God, may it be your will, your way, not mine. Because when I look back at my, <laughs> my resume, my relationship resume, my personal choices, the ones that I took in my own hands and I was like, I want to do it this way. And I, I went ahead and did it because those were my desires. I went after those earthly, worldly desires of my flesh. I was like, nothing's going to stop me. I'm going to do it. And no one can say anything. I mean, people can say something, but they're saying something wasn't going to change me or stop me from doing it. <sighs> you pay the price. And I did. I paid the price in a big ultimate way. But the awesome thing is, Jesus paid the ultimate price. Jesus paid the ultimate, the biggest, the greatest price. He paid the price for your sins, for my sins, for all sins of all men of all time. Through the crucifixion. Through the death, the burial, and the resurrection. He was fueled by a desire. He was fueled by a desire for you to experience love, for you to experience connection with him, a relationship with him, the most incredible relationship that you will ever have. He was fueled by a desire to heal your heart and to heal and transform the places within you that you feel that you're, you're bad, you're wrong, you're too far off, you're too long gone, 
all those things. He desires things for you as well. And he, the very reason that you have desires is because God gave you the ability to desire. So it's not bad to desire. If God has desires, you have desires because they come from him. Not all of the ones that you have for you come from him, but he has desires for you and you have desires for you. The beauty is aligning those desires so that they're a beautiful, perfect match, like a puzzle piece, like the missing piece. And you'll know when it doesn't fit. You know when it doesn't fit. I knew in the past, narcissistic relationships, this is not a fit. Like, we're not even good together. You're not even attractive. You're a fucking asshole. You treat me like shit. Why am I staying with you? This is not a good fit. And I would tell my friends about it, talk to them about it. And like, you're not even a good fit. Like, he's not even your type. What are you doing with him? And I'd be like, I know, but and I would justify. I would explain. I would defend. That's an archetype of gaslighter mind. If you haven't watched my Transform Masterclass yet, I invite you to. It dives deep into that. But I would, I, I would have this mindset, this state of mind. I'm going to do it my way. And God wants, he's going to let you do that. And he's going to be with you through that. Never leaves you. He'll never forsake you. But that's not what he wants for you. He doesn't want you to live in a way where you're constantly justifying and defending and explaining and feeling confused and feeling chaos in your mind and your body and your heart. That's not the way he wants you to live. Do we live that way? Well, we live in a broken world because I mean, if you read the Bible, Adam and Eve, poof, thank you guys. You sinned and messed it up for us all. <laughs> but it's not going to live messed up for all forever. There's a story of redemption. Read Revelation. It's kind of a weird book, but it talks about the second coming and the redemption and the Savior. And the beautiful relationship we get to have on this earth while we're waiting for them. And that's part of this waiting. A lot of us feel like, oh, I'm alone. I'm waiting. I'm never going to get it. And we want it now. We want it Amazon Prime to our house next day, overnight. We want it now. I'm going to click, click now. I'm going to click, click, receive. So we live in a very click, click, receive kind of culture because we're fueled by desire. We want these things. We want to fit in. We want to belong. We want to drive the car. We want to live in the house. We want to wear the clothes. We want to buy the luxury things so that people that we don't even know can be impressed by us. What? You know the phrase, what the hell? <laughs> like, what the hell? That's really not what we want, though. We're fueled by desire. We desire to fit in. We desire to be accepted. We desire to be loved. We desire to belong. We desire to connect. We desire to believe we matter. And we do. But we don't without him. We don't without Jesus in our lives. We don't without God in our lives. In Isaiah, I'm just reading from this book because it's the one that's open right here. You can't see it, but read along with me. For I am the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I said Israel like that. That's like the promised land, I think. I've only read the Bible once, so forgive me. Your Savior. That's the part I want to highlight. For I am the Lord, your God, the Holy One, your Savior. Thou shalt not fear. It says that. Here, here's the Redeemer's choice and promise. They heard of the Redeemer's choice and promise. They should not fear. They are redeemed. We are his. And that's the thing. He says, you are mine. He makes that promise. You are mine. You're fueled by desire. And you don't understand why without him, 
you feel so selfish having these earthly and worldly and fleshly desires and it's not bad and it's not wrong to have those things and a lot of them he gives you and he allows you to have and it gets to be better than it's ever been and it gets to be better than it's ever been when you're with him and when your desires match and align with his desires and and he says that whom I created for my glory. God's people become living proof of his glory. He desires glory for you. You desire glory for you. You desire to live an experience of internal peace within your heart and freedom. It says, which is his ultimate goal in salvation. He desired salvation for you to experience salvation. So he went and created it. He manifested it, whatever you want to call it. Like he created salvation, the experience, so that you could be living proof of his glory. He desires glory for you. Those are the things that your heart, your soul, your mind truly deeply desire. A lot of times we stay on these surface level desires, manifestations. I want a big house. I want a nice car. I want a billion, a trillion, a million dollars. I want to live a life where I just travel. And I just get paid to travel, smile, be skinny, sexy, and beautiful. Where do I sign up for that? And we think that that's what we desire. That is not what God desires for us. He desires to have a relationship with us. He desires... For you to know him and for him to know you. And he's not going to force himself on you at all. He's not going to force himself on you the way that toxic, emotionally abusive people will have in your past. They force themselves on you. They have made you feel that you've got to do things that you don't want to do. And, and they've then you've been fueled by shame. You've been fueled by guilt. You've been fueled by pain. That's not your desire. And that's not the desire that God has for you. He doesn't want that for you. Um, Isaiah 43, 22, it says, God revives his people for his glory. God promises to pour his life-giving spirit upon his weary people. I used to be triggered by the word weary because I'm like, fuck, I'm not weary. I'm not weary. Ugh, that was pride of the ego getting in the way, <laughs> saying what I was going to say. And I used to think weary, lowly. I used to hate when the Bible was like, oh, weary and lowly. And I thought, no, I'm going to manifest this amazing life, this, oh, this glorious life. I desire to be unweary, unlowly, not weary, not lowly. However, I wanted to say it. And what I realized is my desires were God's desires. And when you realize you're co-creating and you're living with him, among him, the change with him, you experience that change in your heart. And then you experience the inner transformation of the power of this living word, this breathing word that says, I, I am the Lord and beside me there is no savior. You've been looking for the things that you desire to save you, for the right house to save you, for the right relationship to save you, for the right job to save you, for the right amount of money to save you. All those things are incredible and they're wonderful and you're not wrong for desiring earthly or worldly things but when you put those above your desire to have a relationship with him you're going to find that they don't save you the way that your savior can save you so with that I invite you to invite him in okay i want you to take deep breath breathe in your desires 
Breathe in the truth, the knowing, your desires to fit in, desires to be loved, desires to belong, desires to matter, desire to connect. Understand all those things that you've wanted that with. It's not just about that. It goes deeper than that. Those are desires you have with him. So breathing in your desires, I invite you to close your eyes and invite these words into your heart, into your life. Jesus Christ, come into my life. I hear you knocking. Come on in. Sending you so much love. I'm praying for you. Remember, we are all fueled by desire. I invite you to open up the invitation to that desire today to let him into your life and into your heart.